Welcome back to Friends Like Us. Marina Franklin here, your host this week on Friends. Oh, it's a star-studded show. Autumn Rowe is here. She's back. Fresh off her Grammy Award win for Best Album with John Baptiste at the 64th Grammy Awards, where she was nominated for four awards. Autumn co-wrote five of the album's 13 tracks. She has received nominations for Record of the Year for Freedom, a track she also co-produced, Album of the Year for We Are, Best Traditional R&B Performance for I Need You, and Best R&B Album for We Are. Go on! Additionally, her Diana Ross single, I Still Believe, has recently been remixed by Purple Disco and is burning up the charts. She is also a celebrated vocal coach. She has appeared on season two of The X Factor and as the only vocal coach on America's Got Talent for five years. And you know how I like my lady DJs. Ro is a talented DJ who studied at Scratch Academy. Her time as an accomplished songwriter has given her a platform to speak as an activist as well. So check out her new song. Yes, we talk about it on this show. It's very timely. We Won't Go Back, which is out now with artist Milk Music Bianco featuring Ani DeFranco. And 50% of the funds go to Planned Parenthood and Yellow Fund. Autumn also serves on the board of Sona, Songwriters of North America. And she is an active advocate for music creators. She is busy and she took time out for friends like us. Also welcome back Zainab Johnson. Stand-up comedian, actress, writer, friend of friends like us. Zainab was named one of Variety's top 10 comments to watch, and we agree. She was a host on Netflix's 100 Humans. She made her late-night stand-up appearance on NBC's Late Night with Seth Meyers. She had a breakout appearance on HBO's All Deaf Comedy. She's currently recording from the Just for Last Festival in Montreal. And you can check out Zainab as the star that she is on the hit Amazon original series, Greg Daniels' half-hour comedy, streaming in its second season, Upload. One of my favorite shows. It's a streamer, so stream it! And welcome back, Irene Bremis. Always love having Irene here, and it's been a while. Veteran stand-up comedian, writer, actress, radio personality... She's worked with John Fuglesang on Sirius XM's Tell Me Everything and with actress Jennifer Esposito on podcast called Hashtag Suck It and with Frank Conif on Mother May I podcast with Frank and Irene. She was a contributing writer for Rachel Dratch's Late Night Snack on True TV and she appeared in a sketch with Rachel Dratch for the Shorty Awards, also featuring Alec Baldwin and Taylor Swift. Irene's album, Unladylike, is available on all platforms, including SiriusXM. And she recently taped a new album that we talk about on the show. By the way, she trains me. Yes, exercise virtually every week. She keeps me strong. I love you, Irene. She's a trainer to the stars, baby. I want to thank all of our listeners of Friends Like Us. Because of you, we make some pretty impressive lists. You can hear us on Google Podcasts now, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and Apple Podcasts. Review and rate us on Apple Podcasts. Subscribe. Make sure you turn on the auto-download function for Friends Like Us for Apple Podcasts. You can email us at friendslikeuspodcasts at gmail. Our Instagram is friendslikeuspodcasts. And Twitter is friendslikeus10. 
become more than a friend, leave us a tip or a donation by going to our Patreon page. Go to Patreon backslash Friends Like Us. Special shout out to our Patreon friends, especially our new ones. You know who you are. You got your t-shirts in the mail. Merch is available. We have t-shirts, hoodies, coffee mugs, face masks, and tank tops. All available. Just go to marinafranklin.com. Speaking of our Patreon friends, we now have a new option for you where when we're recording on Mondays, you have the ability to be backstage listening to the show and commenting as we go along. But you have to be a Patreon friend. Weekly on my YouTube channel, I go live with my assistant, Evelyn Frick, my wacky friend, Dave Juskow. We give updates to the show. We shout out fans who leave us reviews. And we have surprise guest friends from the podcast stop by. And sometimes we offer free stuff like tickets to comedy shows. And with friends like us, it will help you feel not so alone because more content is on the way. Tell a friend you know to check us out. Stay safe. Wash those dirty little hands. Wear a mask still if you want to because there is a new variant out there and it is surging. Get vaccinated. Get monkeypox vaccinated. Booster up and Black Lives Matter. I have some of the most talented women right here on this episode, so get ready, folks. Zainab Johnson from Upload. Uh, Autumn, who just won a Grammy. Say word. John Baptiste. Oh, and we're going to get into that. (laughs) I was so excited for you when I saw that. Because everything we've talked about on the show, about music rights, writers' rights. So well-deserved. Very happy for you. So genuinely happy, you know. Uh, Irene Bremis, who just recorded her own album. Yeah! Yeah. Exciting. And my trainer. <laughs> I am her trainer. She's strong. Every Monday, every Monday before the podcast. That's right. Sweetie. She trains me from 11. Well, we won't get it to the mm-hmm. times because someone may try to fight me for that hour. <laughs> <laughs> for but Irene, slot, sweetie. But Irene is so funny, so talented and so strong. You're strong, Marina. You really you um you. I, you bring it. So I have to bring it. You know, that's what happens. You show up for yourself. I have to show up for myself and we show up for each other. That's how it goes. Right. Uh, but you're yeah. strong. I have to work with you. I'm not just. I have back. belly fat now. That is such not a good advertisement for me at all. Okay, <laughs> I really want you to pedal that back a little. Come up with something a little it's better for you. me. I, I did sit-ups today and we're going to work out tomorrow, but I, I I can do sit-ups because of you, but the belly fat has nothing to do with you, Irene. I think it's menopause. Yeah, well. Menopause, is, um, this is for you young yeah. ladies on here because the bottom row is the youngins. <laughs> right? Who's on right. the bottom? Right. Uh, you, you are too. Autumn and yeah. you and Zainab are the youngins. Yeah. Just remember, you reach a certain age. It's like every year I'm like, I just figure out my metabolism or every decade it changes. Mm-hmm. It does change. Right? And you have to, you know what? You have to regulate your diet. You have to work a little harder. But, you know, we can do it, sweetie. And we do. And we do. I mean, you just can't, you know, late night snacks have to be cut out. You have to watch what you eat. I saw that you were munching on some peanut butter earlier. That's great for energy. It's great. Sweetie. Yeah, peanut butter. Yeah. And um, the problem was really like macaroni and cheese. 
for the past Ooh. like Ooh, ow. The young <laughs> the youngins even went ow on that one. Yeah. <laughs> well, that hurt. Well, my sister came to town to visit me too and that threw me off oh. cuz she had a whole she brought a whole cup of chocolate almonds mm-hmm. into my house, a whole and she never touched it. I ate the whole thing. Oh, that's just that's wrong. That's that's wrong. It's I I so. saw your sister too. She's like she's pretty fit. Sister well, she's she's just got a different dad. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only way I could describe it. Because I'm like, she's got a different metabolism than me. You know, my, my 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 dad's side, everyone. I had my cousin Brian. Sadly, he passed. God rest his soul recently. But Brian used to say to me, you can fight it. I see you try to fight the Franklin weight, but it could for you. <laughs> so, <laughs> so anyway, Zainab, I, I wanted to ask you this because I am watching your act right now. You look like you were having so much fun. I was I was looking on your Instagram at some of your videos and you your whole energy on stage has changed. And I don't know if that's just me or if that's really going on with you. And then you were just at the Essence Comedy Festival and I just wanted to know about that cuz I, you know, or the Essence Festival, not the Comedy Festival. But what was that like? Oh yeah, it was my first time at Essence Fest. Um and it was an experience. It was um, really nice to see. I think Essence's mission statement, <clears throat> excuse me, is like a celebration of culture, uh, specifically Black culture, Black American culture. Um, and I think that, you know, that, that that always starts with Black women. Um, and so to be involved with that was really nice. Like, I'm I'm, I'm honored to be able to say that you know, that I was involved with that. I'm not sure what clips you're looking at. Some some clips are old and some are new. So so I'm not sure which ones you're looking at. It was the most recent ones on your Instagram. Well, you were talking about um, dinosaurs. Oh, okay. So those are, that's, I mean, that was just the other day, like a week ago. It's like after I saw Jurassic Park. You know, that really bugs. I'm, I, I'm actually, actually happy that you uh, brought that up because people... Like so many people comment under that post, but ladies, just Irene yeah. and Autumn, just to bring you up to speed. My premise was when I feel helpless, when there's so much racism in the world, if like I hear on a news about like an unarmed black person has been shot or something like that, then my go to is to watch Jurassic Park because they be fucking up white people. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I loved it. I loved it. And and I say I ended it with in my Jurassic Park, the dinosaurs wear Black Lives Matter T-shirt. And there's so many comments that are like, this is racist. This is racist. And I'm like, do these people understand racism? Mm -hmm. Like, do they hold hold on for one second? Do you guys hear that static? I I hear hissing. Yeah. And we're going to continue from where we left off with Zainab's racist dinosaur joke. (laughs) (laughs) Marina, the way your voice changed from us not recording to you recording, it was like, okay, don't worry about it. And then we're going, and now. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I I mean, I I just think that it's, it's, hilarious for someone to say that that's racist you know that that's racist it's like 
You know, and this is probably, this is a fault of mine. So at this point on my Instagram, I don't, a lot of my videos go like viral, like millions of views and stuff like my stand-up clips. Um, and so I can't really see, it's just too much to, you know, I can't really see through it all. So what Instagram does is they always show me who has a blue check mark first that they, they to them, That's they're true. like, whether I follow the person or not, they're like, this is up, this is the important comment. So we'll show you this. And so, so when I see a person with a blue check and they say something that seems like lacking intelligence to me. I'm like, well, don't you have, and then I have to remember, oh, you don't get a, like, you don't get a blue check because you're logical or because you're educated or because you have common sense, (laughs) you know? And so then I, when I see stuff like that, I just remember like what, you know, who and what I'm dealing with and I close it. It's the reason why I, I post, but I don't really engage that much publicly. Like a lot of people who get to talk to me, they talk to me via DM. I don't really engage on on the public part of the site very much also saying um, that but you know what racist will be racist and that's all there is to it and it's disgusting you know i mean you these, these people are very hateful i was talking to uh, a very young influencer um who's amazing she's she has one of the strongest minds politically her opinions are so beautiful she's so profound and yet she said that she's she feels like her you know she's sitting on her hands on social media that she can't really speak and 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 that's what happens it's very unfortunate that it's a platform where we can get our voices heard but at the same time like if you post something that's important to you and listen i don't have i have like nothing but i am constantly posting about things that are near i use my small platform to um really echo things that are very important to me i posted something about um about abortion um and i lost like a hundred followers like that in a second i lost a hundred followers for per choice you know so it's it's one of those things so i mean i love you for doing that Uh, you're like my hero and and you need to continue doing that when the cops stop fucking murdering i'm sorry can i swear on this Okay, when they stop murdering black women and men with impunity, then. Well, you know what? I mean, yes, yes, yes to everything you said. But also, I'm realizing that it's not about one, one. I think it's actually great that you lose 100 followers if you say something that they don't like, because that's actually the choice you have. No one is forced to follow anybody. So so the power that you have is, I don't align with what this person is posting anymore, so I can remove myself. But the people who hate you and follow you, that's the thing that I don't understand. You know, that's the thing that's kind of scary. But then I'm realizing, especially in the form of like jokes, right? I'm realizing how many people don't get jokes. Like, I don't believe everyone that's saying my joke is racist. I actually don't believe that they are racist. I believe that they don't understand. I'm trying my best not to say that they are stupid. But that's what I'm realizing on social media. Even the people that agree with me, I posted a joke recently, the the, the one that's most recently gone viral. And I said that having an Afro the, the premise of the joke was you can't be a hoe with an Afro. That's it. You I can't be a hoe with an Afro. Yeah. And I say, when I try and call a guy for a booty call, he's like, where's the next March? That's the, that's the joke, right? I never said I hate an Afro. I never said it's, I never said I feel unattractive, but there's 
hundred, there's over 500 comments just saying what your Afro is beautiful. Ain't nobody ever say it wasn't. I said that you can't be a hoe with an Afro. Do you get what I'm saying? Like, so there's like maybe like a hundred guys saying shit, call me up. Now, yeah, it's like, yeah, I don't want to hear from you, but yeah, okay. They get the premise. They get the joke. You get what I'm saying? So even when there's a positive response, Irene, I'm like, dang, it's like a million people have watched this clip and 99.9 of them don't actually get the joke. Right. A lot of people don't understand comedians either they yeah it's uh, it's amazing because everyone thinks they're comedian but not everyone really understands the craft of it Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. and and yeah 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 so some people don't get the joke and also to be honest i was like good riddance because i don't want these people like you said as as you as you previously said i don't want these people following me anyway i'm trying to you know you know, be cancer yeah, free on, my, I, on 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 the followers that I do have. I really want to get rid of anybody that's going to be deleterious or have toxic point of views. But well, you're right. I, there is that. There's absolutely that perspective where people literally are just daft. They don't get the joke like dumb as hell. Do not get the joke. <clears throat> yeah. And of course, there are people who just, you know, for, for whatever reason, whether they truly are or just want to, they're divisive. Right. And so they're going to leave a divisive comment in the hopes of the, the ultimate thing is for me to recognize them, which will never happen. Uh, and and then they like the you know, the discourse on the timeline, which works for me because it only boosts the engagement, you know. Um, but yeah, but Marina, to go back to your original statement, that particular night of that set you were uh, talking about, I was having a lot of fun. That's what I saw. I had just saw a uh, Top Gun too, and I I hadn't seen one, and it was I hate to sound like this a tour de France. <laughs> it was <laughs> at every single like I I I I really enjoyed it. I try. Okay, I enjoyed our so friend, our mutual friend Keith Robinson, we took him to go see it, and he was like, Boo. so I, I never saw the first one. I never saw the first one. I it it might have been before. Well, I don't know when that came out. Like in in the were you even born? If it came sweetie? out in the early eighties, yeah. that's what I'm saying. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It became yeah. So I don't know. But I definitely didn't see it. But I tried because I because I watched. Me and my friend went and watched part two, and we enjoyed it so much. We tried to have like a movie night and watch part one, but I I just. I, the quality, like I can't watch. I, I don't know what, what, like I can't watch a fuzzy movie like that. Oh, you, you know, can't. I can't. Yeah, no, no. It, it changed my life when I was in high school. I was I'm a lot older, but I had the jacket. That's how far. <laughs> okay. That's how far I, I had the Top Gun bomber jacket. Oh, nice. I, and I was the one in in high school that everyone was like, "How did you get it? How did you get the jacket?" And I was like. <laughs> Oh, 1980. Yeah, I also, I, I recently tried to watch yeah. the original and I couldn't get through it. It was, no, I couldn't. Really? Like my husband kept watching. It. I was like, I'm gonna go upstairs. I just couldn't, I couldn't finish <laughs> it at all. I don't know. Is it because of the way it looked too or style wise? I don't know. Did it look old? <laughs> I, think, I think it's like today. everything. Yeah. yeah, it's like all of these like 80s tropes. It's like, get up, get up. Get my up niece is love this 80s and the generation z my nieces they love the 80s they're doing everything from the 80s i don't know if it's because of uh, stranger things my niece loves janet jackson i mean like she loves the you know braids janet jackson 
Like she's dressing like she's in the 80s, too. So I just have to say this publicly and then I'll stop talking. And I'll just say it. He'll probably love it if he hears that I owe Keith Robinson an apology. You know, when they send out those like um, Beyonce, Janet Jackson, Mary J. Blige and Mariah Carey are all on concert on the same night. Which one you going to? Right. I always throw Janet Jackson away because I just I never I just could I could never get with Janet Jackson. Like, I'm not a fan. I don't know. I know. I oh, know. my God, like, sweetie. Whenever. Whenever, listen, whenever I say it publicly, everyone 45 and above, they lose their mind. <laughs> like they lose their mind. Like, and like, Autumn's a music writer, so she's not going to say shit. <laughs> <laughs> like, like they lose their mind. But let me just tell you, Janet Jackson was the big, big, like essence, like marquee act. And I see. So I was excited to see Nicki Minaj. I love Nicki Minaj. Yeah. So... Maybe not so much like I love I love Nicki Minaj, but maybe not so much a live performance uh-huh. act to watch. You know, <laughs> oh, it broke my heart. I didn't, I didn't film it because I didn't even want to put her out there like that. It was heartbreak. But but what saved that Lauren Hill came out. And so that, you know, oh, my God. But Janet Jackson. Oh, my God. Janet Jackson. It It was literal perfection. It was literal perfection and I'm then so glad, yeah. impressive on top because the fact, you know, everybody around me kept saying, and she's in her 50s and she's in her, and I'm like, oh my God, you know, like, oh, oh, I was, I, I, there's a point where my friend has me on video where I'm not even like bopping along or moving. I'm actually just like watching like in awe, like. Yeah, you're wild. She's amazing. Well, Autumn, I'm curious what, Autumn, what do you have? About Janet? Yeah, like, why is that, like, Janet is a, is she more of a live performer or is she not pushed out to the generation, like, like Zaynab's generation as much as like my generation, like, as far as a singer like Beyonce? I think it's a mix of things. Well, first of all, Zaynab, I want to say I love Upload, so congratulations. It's an amazing show. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. I think that, well, I think Janet's come across a few obstacles. For one, you know, in the beginning of her career, while she was having massive, massive hits, she was still under the shadow of her brother. And we never, I don't know if you guys saw the documentary about her, but she was so big and she'd go to interviews and people would ask her like, how does it feel to be Michael Jackson's sister? You know, Mm. it took her a long, a long time to kind of just be like, I'm, I am my own in my own right. And I feel like that's kind of been part of the struggle with maybe some of the things that you're, you're talking about, but as far as like live performers go, she's untouchable. I mean, there are hardly any performers anymore. I mean, I think Beyonce is a great, puts on a great live show. Um, Bruno Mars, you know, there's a few, but Janet Jackson is the prototype. You know, she is who everybody aspires to be. Nobody's touching her. The choreography, you mm-hmm. know, the songwriting, which I think she's <laughs> all right. Marina's trying to get her, you know, audition on the songwriting. Um, the mess. I'm doing the shoulder because that was a. Dun, and I think dun, dun. another thing Control. people overlook Janet with is is sometimes they think like because she's not she's not a big belter, right? She's not like a big vocalist yeah, in yeah. that way, but that doesn't make her less of a singer. 
It makes her a singer that knows her strengths. And mm-hmm. I feel like sometimes people over, overlook that as a weakness, but it's actually a strength. And she is phenomenal. And I'm so glad that you got to experience that. I haven't seen her live. I've only seen lots of footage of her and I would love to. So you are so lucky, sweetie, that you saw her live. Yeah, it really makes you one. I was that person. Like I would always be like, I, I'm trying to see. I never needed to see that. Right. <laughs> but as much as I'm saying, like, not only did she like look beautifully perfect, like she she just looked like what you expect her to. It, there was no surprise. There was only like that's what she looks like in a picture. Everything was exactly like like which is rare. It is very rare for an artist to look <laughs> in person like how they, and so she, that's the thing that amazed me. Like, no, she's not the the belter or like, I wouldn't describe her as like the best or an amazing singer. But, but what I was also so thrilled by was that she sounded exactly like every song. Mm-hmm. And even people who don't, regardless of how they sing, regardless of how big of a voice or it's not, a lot of times they don't sound like that. Which is also a great point because you know what, as you get older, your inflections literally change. Your voice has changed. So the fact that you're saying that to me is astonishing. It really is astonishing. She she does. Has anyone seen Versus lately? (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. 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 Oh, with I who mean, she's, who's versing? No, 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 no. Janet Jackson's not. Ver- it was Omarion versus Mar- Mario. Mar- Pretty uh, yeah. Ray J. You know, there's a lot of artists that you hear live yeah. and it's just disappointing. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you did. Um, I want to go to you, Autumn, with, first of all, Ani DeFranco took me Ooh. through so many breakups. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> I am an Ani DeFranco fan. Okay. So the fact that you just put up on uh, a song, can you can you tell us about it, about abortion rights and 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 yeah, so the song's called We Won't Go Back. Um, It was started by my friend Milk and we had a studio session a couple weeks before um, Roe versus Wade was overturned. And she was like, oh, I'd love for you to get on the song with me. I was like, "Okay, dope. Like, I'm surprised because normally, you know, I'm writing and producing. I don't normally sing. So I was like, great. So she sent me the song and I was like, oh, this is so sick. So I just added some parts and recorded the second verse. But we did not think that it was going to be overturned when we worked on the song. Like there was no way. Oh, yeah. No one no. did. We no did one not. did. Believe me, countless. No one ever saw. They, they think they'd see the date. No. Yeah. So we recorded it. It was all fun. You know, we're like, OK, we'll put this out soon. You know, and she got Ani DeFranco on it. And um Bianco. Um, and then as soon as it was overturned, we put it out. She put it on YouTube a week before the release. And we just shot a video for it, which is going to be controversial. And I'm sure I'm going to get some hate for it because there is a scene with a hanger. Yeah. <laughs> Good for you. I'm getting chills. Good for yeah, you. There's- because that's what's going to happen. You're never going to stop abortion. You're only going to stop safe abortions. abortions. That's um, it. That's the only thing. It's not showing anything. It's just a silhouette of a woman holding your hanger and making some movements. But it says a lot. And I'm kind of not sure what's going to come of it when people see this video. But um, we just felt like we had to put it in there because this is the reality. The reality is, you know, this is going to affect 
poor women, poor people, poor, mostly people of color. Um, I had this unfortunate Facebook argument the other day where these white women were telling me that they just want to save all the black babies and how (laughs) it was a very frustrating argument. And um, I'm like, yeah, but what about the black women carrying the babies? And they were like, do you know that black women have more abortions than anyone else? I was like, yes. And why is that? (laughs) Like, Why? And they just were not getting it was it was like they were brainwashed. So, you know, um, this was just we, I, I try to use art as I can for advocacy and art to get messages across. And uh, we're giving half the proceeds to Planned Parenthood and Yellow Fund. And this is all, you know, we can do. I try to get active and with the community and with uh, our representatives and use music. So uh, please. Uh, Amazing. Amazing. That's, yes. Amazing. I wish I had an applause soundtrack that I could play because that, that is really amazing. Is. And I love I love the song too. Um and I'm just you know, it sent chills up my when I listened to it and I and I loved, you know I just love that you're a part of it and that I know you too. Yeah. It's incredible. So thank you for doing it. And it's I have a question. Oh sorry. No, go, ahead, go ahead, sweetheart. You go. Um, for, for Autumn, I mean, we could all weigh in, but Autumn specifically, since she is a writer and, and record, you know, and works in a music biz- business, um, and, and also what we're talking about. So, you know, the rapper Lotto? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Are you familiar? Marina? No, you're not familiar. <laughs> <laughs> my, my favorite part of listening to the podcast is when Marina is like <laughs> Megan the, 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 whenever she messes up all of the new artists I listen and I'm like why is nobody just please tell her the right way <laughs> no one does they never new do. artists so um so Lotto is a is a is a young is a, a black one uh, I think I believe she's black uh rapper um, might be in her tw- like early twenties or something like that, but she recently came out with a, a song um, that went viral, and it had to do with abortion, and it was a response to Roe versus Wade being turned over, and she got so much uh-huh. hate from it, and not even from uh, like forget the people who are pro life. She got hate from like other black women. Uh, saying like, oh, you're trying to monetize, you're trying to commodify a a cause. And she oh. said the same thing that you did, Autumn, which is, no, I have a platform. Like, y- you you don't want me to rap about shaking my ass and you don't want me to rap about the this other issue. Like, what do you want me to rap? And I was just listening to it like, God dang, it's like we're a lot of times stuck between a rock and a hard Absolutely. place. Yes. You know, mm-hmm. and so so I was so I say that to say, like, how do you feel about artists that use their pla- like like specifically use their art, like whether they tell a joke or, or make a song or write a movie or something specifically talking about this thing? And then it and, and, and it um, well, I'm a big fan of artists using art to relay a message. I, I strongly believe music can is the most powerful thing on Earth and can can communicate farther than politics, further than anything else. Like if you, if you have an intention as something to say, you can reach the entire world with a song. Mm-hmm. So I think it's very, very powerful, mm-hmm. but I think artists will have a hard time. This is where we are in his right now, right? The culture is basically like 
people have to believe you and it has to feel genuine and it has to kind of like feel like it makes sense with your brand. I haven't heard her song, but it mm. could be something if they're if the response coming at her is like, oh, you're trying to monetize, blah, blah, maybe she, maybe they don't believe her. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But also, sorry, it's like, yeah, but girl, do you, th- you, you think I would have the career if I had but every song was about abortion? Y'all not buying records about women's rights. Right. So now, now that I have you listening, mm-hmm. do you get what I'm saying? Now that I've, that I've twerked mm-hmm. 92 times, mm-hmm. <laughs> now that I have exposed my butt cheeks mm-hmm. 50, 11 times, mm-hmm. now that you're here, you know how it's like those videos I used to, they used to get on my nerves, but then I understood them where on Instagram, they show the part, they show the naked women's, they, they should show like a really sexually something that's going to attract a lot of eyes. And they say, now that I have you. Mm-hmm. And it's like a you know what I'm saying? I agree. It's like a switcheroo. It's like, what's what how 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 can my brand ever be like my brand by default is women's rights because I'm a black I agree with you. But the problem is also yes. is that you know when we were when I was coming up, we had artists like Eve who would sing like love is blind, it would take over your mind, you know. But yeah. now we haven't seen a lot of artists that are mainstream rappers all of a sudden do a conscious record. Back in like the nineties, two thousands, it was way more common to just flip it and be like, "Oh, I got this right. to say. I got this to say." We just this new generation hasn't seen that. So Mm-mm. you're right. I think it's brave. It's it actually takes a lot of courage to do that because you actually you stand to lose more than gain more. You know, you really do now. You really do now. Mm-hmm. because yeah. Well, wasn't it what the Dixie Chicks did that right? And they mm-hmm. lost a lot of followers. Absolutely. It's very brave. And I when they when they were talking about yeah. was it women's rights? Um yes. It w- and then they had the they- <laughs> Um I just remember God. the moment because uh, you know what it was? Irene was talking to white girl, so I figured I'd throw it. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. Thank you. But uh, <laughs> I'm not a big dick girl fan either. I, 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 I do remember the moment though that and because I was like I listened to some of their, but I remember the moment that, cause they have a lot of white Southern followers. So the right. moment they spoke up, they got Sinead O'Connor right. is another one mm-hmm. who the moment she spoke up, she was anti Right with the Pope. Remember that whole thing uh, with the Pope back. I remember yes. that when she burned the picture of the Pope, it's brave. You're intrepid for doing this. And I am so proud and amazed. And, and I'm so happy that you're doing it. I think it's such, we never thought that we would ever see the day where Roe and V Wade would be overturned. No one ever thought we'd see that. And this is just a, a slippery slope into infringing on other human rights. And that's what's really scary. You know, I mean, we have a lot of things hanging in the balance here. So I am, I'm still getting chills thinking about it. I can't I'll send, wait to I'll see send it. you all the video when it's out. John Baptiste. Oh, please do. Amazing. And then John Baptiste, who won a Grammy, who you won a Grammy with um, for his I think album he won five. of the year. Wow. I think so. Oh, he won five Grammys? <laughs> Four or five. Do you know something? I got to ask you this. This is this is a little thing I have. I have a pet peeve. I tried to Google him and his Grammys, and I don't know what my Google is was off, but it wasn't. Really? It sends a ton of articles. And it was disturbing <laughs> me, and I was like, someone in his team needs to There's get on. There's a ton of press Google. about it. 
Yeah, it's I just my, Googled it and it's like you got it for album, music video. It must be my Googles. American Roots song, American Roots performance. Yeah. Uh, record well, I, R&B album, jazz instrumental. Yeah. You got, Your Google is are, dumb. Are you Googling no, all no. the Amazon <laughs> website? <laughs> it could be something. I don't know what's going on. I, you know, maybe I messed up, but I just find him... I, I think it's amazing. He's one of, of the stars that he speaks truth to power, I, th- I feel. Um, and uh, it's, it's just, I loved your Instagram post when you said the ghetto is full of stars. We are growing up in the South Bronx. It was a pipe dream to even attend the Grammys. I'm still processing all of this as a woman, especially woman of color, winning album of the year as producer, songwriter and featured artist means it's possible for us all. So many reasons to give up along the way. Glad I didn't. Growing up through so many hard times, just my mom and I, the faith was always strong. My mom told me I can do anything I put my mind to. This is dedicated to all the creatives doing this for the sake of art and a higher purpose, which at moments they might not understand themselves. Don't give up. (laughs) Thank you. I just want to give you a hug, sweetie. I seriously want to squeeze you like a fucking boa. This is totally yeah. a money question. Hold on. Does how much winning... money are you making now? No. <laughs> well, yeah, but not not specifically. But does a Grammy change yes. your quote? Yes. Um, like in it. Okay. This specific right, Grammy does because it's the biggest one. So okay. it's you know there's a lot of different ways you could kind of be a part of a project, but this was something that you know I, I wrote five songs on this album and produced, and you know I did all the singles and this was kind of a baby. Like I met John on Instagram and you know, this was so organic. This wasn't like a forced thing of you guys need to make songs. And you know, it was just like, Hey, let's just create music and see what happens. And I just really believe in you. Um, it's, it's almost like a story you hear back in the seventies, you know, you don't hear these kind of stories anymore. So this, this Grammy has opened up a lot of doors for me. Um, more like giving me access to people, giving me access to the artists I've been having my eyes on for years and projects that I want to do. I really want to write for film and TV. You know, um, now I'm doing two, two mm-hmm. movie soundtracks and um, it's just kind of like whatever I want to do. It's like accessible where a year ago it wasn't. So it's, it's not an immediate change. Like all of a sudden Beyonce is calling you. It's not like that. But it opens doors, multiple yes. doors for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not like being the face of the like 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 the actual artist, yeah. but but yeah, that's that's yeah. amazing. That's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. it is. Yeah, because I've I've been hearing, been <laughs> just following you, Autumn, for a while, and it's just, it, you know, we've all. It's like the comedy scene. You know, you you reach out to so many different people as a comic in the comedy scene. Like I've known Autumn twenty years, for, like since the very beginning. Wow, of me, of me doing stand up. Oh, wow. Autumn used to come to the comedy cellar, and mm-hmm. you know, uh, it's just you you meet so many people in different lanes of mm-hmm. this that to see everyone doing their thing and still doing it and not giving up. Yeah, is, I used to perform oh, at the the Grove and you know Cafe Wa. Wow. I worked yeah. at Zinc Bar. I remember. Yeah, I, I used to perform at these clubs at two in the morning. I, I'll never forget the day I performed. The guy just took his pants off and, um, you know, <laughs> started, started going at it. I guess I put on a good show. Um, and then my drummer took the cymbals off and was going to cut his head off. 
you know, th- that's mm-hmm. those are the days of the West Village. So, you know, <laughs> yeah, it was a wild West Village, right? You throw the symbol at somebody's head and decapitate him from stage. Yeah, those were the days. Oh, it's, it's, it's wild. <laughs> it, but isn't it crazy that like somebody pulling down their pants sounds wild, but today that's like. Yeah. Nothing. I mean, it used to happen all the time. I remember watching Evil Dead uh, in a theater in New York City, the one r- that's uh, right near the cellar um, on uh, on Sixth Avenue. That theater going oh, yeah, in there, yeah. and somebody was like literally going at it, like in in the same <laughs> row, like a few seats away to the Evil Dead. <laughs> I mean, what the hell? Anyway, it's a lot. Okay, so this. Guy- I mean, <laughs> you spanking so, at the evil dead. You are. Let me tell you something. Something's wrong. Something's seriously wrong. Okay. But it was happening all the time. It was ubiquitous. Now there, obviously you can't do that. And you, uh, you know, you just gotta, thank God. No one needs to see it. So now I have this article. That was a great moment about the, <laughs> I love saying us Sopranos, uh, or, or wait, Sopranos offended by, Blackface pulls out of it, um, Italy opera. Soprano Angel Blue says she won't perform in an opera in Italy this month because blackface was used in the staging of a different work this summer on the same stage. And the U.S. singer posted a note on her Instagram page saying she will be bowing out of La Traviata at Verona's Arena this month because the theater recently mounted another um, Ida that is performed in blackface. Now, it's interesting to me that I had said this to someone recently that I know because I was at a theater. I forget where I was. Was I in Denver? I was in Colorado. I was in a theater. I was opening for Hannah. And I saw what looked like blackface. And I said, oh, cancel that. And she's like, oh, no, it's the opera. And I was like, but this is problematic. You know, I'm now I'm doing her voice still. But, um, <laughs> you know, the thing is, is, I mean, where do we, like, what? Like, there's, there's do you guys follow the opera? There, no, but I completely understand. I mean, that's, that, that is just the opera, but that scenario, I completely understand. But it's so crazy how we have a sliding scale of morality. Like, how, 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 like, it's it's funny how people can be like, well, get my get my pronoun right. But we were doing different pronouns 10 years ago. But like the opera, this like you it's so oh, but it's just like that's the opera. That's the tradition of the opera. It's yeah. Like, and also it was in Italy. And that's a whole thing. Right. Italy is a whole thing. And when I was in Italy last, I saw some very inappropriate posters where they look like they were printed in the 40s or something of black supposed to be black people and they were incredibly offensive um i personally have experienced racism where i got my hair done there and they told me you know don't you want your hair to look nice and straighten it you know i had my big curly throw out and i was like they were like don't you want to be presentable um you know italy is has some issues with some things that i think is is another layer on top of you know, the opera. So, and a lot of them are dark in 2020 when metropolitan opera published a statement in support of black lives matter. Social media was quick to ask whether the opera company would be removing its production of Ida, which starred the, I can't say the name, Netra Becco. 
I can't say it. Sorry. In blackface. It's like, when are you going to take a stance? And I think people just have a hard time letting go of what they're used to. And it, it includes racist tropes. Mm-hmm. And it takes people making a stand, you know, to, to, to change this. So it is super ignorant and prejudicial to think that your culture should be preserved and ours shouldn't. Yes. And I now love this- that the Soprano, sorry, sorry, Marina. No, no, I'm, go ahead. I'm just going to say, I love the Soprano. What's her name? Uh, Angel Blue. Yes. Angel Blue. I love that she took that stand, you know? Yeah. And I. Sorry, you're right. Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. And she's going to pave the way for other people taking that stance. And that's how change is motivated. You know, it takes one person and then another person and another person to follow that. And she actually, her impetus to do that was another person, uh, some other lady. I don't know if you read that in the article. There was another woman that did uh, production that also um, protested. In 2019 was the first one to protest. Sadly, 2019. Yeah. I know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So was the first time. Yeah, because how often is this just normal and no one says anything? I'm having a moment, not with my show that I'm writing, but with something else where I'm like, and I've had several moments at times coming out of this pandemic where if I was still locked in, I'd be so adamant about not doing something. But now because we're back out into the world, I'm negotiating my willingness to be a part of something that may be slightly offensive. During the pandemic, I was like, absolutely not. I was rage. I was angry. And now I'm like, well, how can I work this out? Do you find yourself doing that? And this is, I know this is a woman of color question. Sorry, but you could participate, Irene. Yeah, because you are sexism. There's exactly there's (laughs) sexism. There's a lot of things. Um, so what do you mean negotiating? Can you clarify a little bit? I'm trying to be careful. Okay. With my, But it's like, it's one of those things where, where you read something and you're like, this is so offensive to me. Am I being, and then I have to question myself, is mm-hmm. it? Whereas before I would just be like, no, it's definitely offensive. I'm not going to be a part of it. Whereas lately I look at it and I go, well, am I being sensitive? Where I wasn't doing that before, like in the lockdown. Mm-hmm. And then I go, well, am I going to, if I, if I work with this situation, I could get in the room and change it as mm-hmm. opposed to not being, a, you know what I mean? So like, that's where I'm at right now. I'm like, do you sacrifice a moment of pure, like, this is just fucking offensive. And I don't agree um, to get into the room to change minds. And then, you know, torn. I would say if your first reaction is this is fucking offensive, then you go with that. And I I was actually going to point that out with Soprano Angel Angel Blue. It's always tough. Like like there's a there's a position where um, you elevate the thing that you're going to. And so you pull out and that's a big deal. Right. For, for some social justice. Mm-hmm. It, but then there's a lot of us who it's such a big opportunity and I have, or it's an opportunity period and I have to barter with my morality and my, my want to succeed. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and I think that, that, that it sucks that, well, you know, more often than not, someone who 
you know, has your makeup has to deal with that. Mm-hmm. But I would say not not that people are beating down my door to put me in TV and film, not that I get everything that I auditioned for. But a couple of years ago, I read an audition and I haven't seen it made yet. And so but I'm, I'm hoping that that means every single actress that that sides came across to was like, get the fuck out of here. The sides were a black woman and a black man. The opening scene they wanted to role play. And she said, let's role play. I'm going to be your slave and you're going to be my master. <laughs> Artie Lang, is that you? And my, my, my agent <laughs> sent it through with an asterisk. Hey, Zainab, uh, we know you wouldn't be into this, but we just wanted to, say, you know, like they... You know, you know, like they don't know they or maybe they do. But either way, they don't know how I'm going to respond. So it's like, well, let's protect if this is bad. But but oh, maybe she wants to make some money. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know. But I was <laughs> I laughed. I laughed just like you did, Autumn. And then I ha 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 in the in the email back and said, no. And you never you never have to ask me about something like that. You can just safely assume that I'll never This will never make sense to me, not even in quote unquote art. And I have not seen that scene. Like, I I mean, I I don't watch there. You know, there's a lot of productions that I don't watch, but I feel like that scene, if it ever aired somewhere, it would have went viral. You know what I'm saying? It would have went viral and I haven't seen or heard about it yet. And so that makes me feel like somewhere down the line, somebody said, (laughs) (laughs) so I say that Marina to say, you know, yeah, no, as you were talking, I was like, yeah, thank you, because you just solved some things in my own, my consciousness. If something makes you cringe and it's just so obviously wrong and offensive, I think. I'm going to give it a, a try. I'm going to I'm going to say my piece to this person. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, you know, and then if that doesn't go in the way that I think is collaborative, um then I'm out. Oh. Yeah, I think that's good because because you have access to the person that created the yeah. the, the offense, right? Yeah, I think that that is um, constructive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm gonna and I and I have to get my words together really well because and, and this is not my show that I'm developing. This is something else. But I just I you know I think it's I think that's the thing is for me to find the words sometimes is very difficult mm-hmm. because sometimes in the industry. You know, you'll get their ignorance. They'll come at you with questions about what you're saying. And then I respond in anger, you know. Uh, and so much so much of it is predicated on hubris. There's a lot of ego in this business, too. So I don't know who wrote something that maybe you have, like, some contention. It's with. really about mm. having something to come back yeah. with, though. Like, if I have a rejection to something that is not working for me culturally, mm-hmm. I have to supply an answer right. to mm-hmm. what is the solution instead of just saying this doesn't work, which is a different way mm. of communicating with writers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You or know, we could just punch everybody <laughs> in the face. Let's do it. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Do you ever deal with that, Autumn, with writers in the music industry? Well, I read a book during COVID called Mogul by Tiffany Pham. And this actually changed my whole view on exactly what you're talking about. So basically, she's Asian and she went to an Ivy League school. I don't remember which one, like Stanford or something. And um, her school newspaper 
printed something racist or something like that. And she got really upset. But instead of going against it, what she did was she joined and became the editor Mm. and changed the whole tone of the paper. And that started to change how I see things. Um, I'm in a lot of rooms where I'm the only person of color, sometimes the only woman. And um, I don't want to be in these rooms a lot of the time, you know, but I feel like in some way, some sort of responsibility, like, well, for whatever reason, I am in this room and I do, they are listening and I do have some level of influence. So let me use that to try to change the things that I know are not in everyone's best interest and use that influence. And um, I do do that often. It's exhausting. Mm -hmm. It's important though. And it's exhausting. Yeah. You have to be what you have to be now. Mental health is a thing right now. You have to be willing uh, mentally and stable in order to engage in that way. So, you know, like I am right now, so I think I can take it on. But if you're not and you're listening to this and you don't feel like you have the men- the bandwidth to do it, mm-hmm. then take yourself out and take care of yourself. Yeah. I think that is, a you know, absolutely. And not everybody's willing to listen. You know, it's kind of like picking those battles of like, okay, is this a room I can change? And what is the end result of that change? So not everyone's kind of like worth it necessarily, but um, sometimes it really is. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you just never even know how like one small change affects a huge thing. Very true. Now, um, Irene, you're working on your comedy album. Tape, you just taped your comedy album. What are you talking about in this album? Are you going it's, in? I'm going, you, I'm, I'm going in. I'm going deep. I really am. Um, actually, the day that I shot the comedy album, I was so viscerally upset about Roe v. Wade. It was overturned. I had to address it on stage. I absolutely had to talk about it. Um, it's just one of those things. And, you know, I shot my um, album at uh, Governor's, which is a very fancy place. I'm just kidding. I'm being facetious. Um, but um, so. I didn't know, you know, there's a lot of people on Long Island and I'm not saying everybody on Long Island. OK, for sure. But I didn't know how I was going to be met with my uh, opinion on Roe Wade. And I, 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 you know, again, if you're a comic, you always have to make things skillfully work it in that it's funny but also makes a point simultaneously so um so but I did have to address it I was so upset it hurt me so much because it, a it's hypocritical uh this whole um what's going on in this country how there's such systemic uh, racism misogyny and how a lot of these people that are pro-choice are anti-life really when it comes to gun control when it comes to regulating guns picking guns over the the safety of their children in school it's the same people that didn't want to regulate masks i know i'm going off on a tangent i'm sorry i'm going to circle back to my 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 special but i don't have the ability not to bring up uh, important issues when i'm on stage um and it does turn people off sometimes times, you know, but then I wouldn't be true to myself. So we have to find a very, uh, what's going to make me happy because I also have to satisfy what I'm saying. Okay. I have to be true to myself when I'm on stage. So I find, I just kind of, you know, try to talk about things that are important to me. Um, things that are sort of like neutral things about my family, but also important issues, you know, because I feel like I do have a platform, albeit a very small platform. It's still a platform that I like to use for important issues. So yes, to answer your question, this was not the truncated version. I did mention, uh, Roe v. Wade and it was, uh, and I did great. 
I did great. It was a great set. I I, I had a great, great taping. Do you have a name for the album? Untitled as of now, but I think it might be Sweetie, appropriately. Oh, (laughs) yes. That's what we love about Irene. Irene is like, Sweetie. 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 Sweetie, you're doing good. Your posture's good, Sweetie. (laughs) I think that's great. And I think, you know, you're right. It's like, I didn't know how to process it either. I was really affected when that verdict came out on stage. I... I didn't know. It's like, uh, you know, I'm looking at young people in the audience and I and I, I felt like I was at a funeral and I'm apologizing for someone dying. Mm. And I was like, I'm just sorry. I feel like I let this young generation down. I know it's not me, but I'm talking to young women in the audience. I go, we're going to get through this. Mm-hmm. It's going to be OK. You know, you just want to feel like, you know, it's it's hard. I remember going to my first pro-choice rally before any of the bottom row ladies were born. OK. The two of you were still, I don't know where, on the other side. Um, And it was important to me when I was a teenager. I remember just getting in my car as a teenager, driving to Washington. And um, I went to, I often went to rallies, um, you know, for for human rights. And, 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 And then to have this happen so many years later was just shocking. I mean, we have the story of a 10 year old um, who was raped. They they show how the story can spread faster than facts mm-hmm. in the center of it all. If you're listening, you don't know the story. A 10 year old rape victim identity unknown suddenly thrown into a political fight on one of the country's most contentious issues. Abortion rights. The Wall Street Journal and Washington Post both clarified or corrected stories after an Ohio man was charged on Wednesday with raping the girl who traveled to Indiana for an abortion last month. The piece began with an anecdote about an Indianapolis doctor asked by an Ohio colleague to help the girl who was past the stage of pregnancy where she could get a legal abortion in Ohio. The story was taken by Biden as an attempt to announce an executive order to protect abortion services. In conservative media circles, questions raised about sourcing quickly shifted to claims that the story was a lie. However, it appears that Biden is correct. This incident shows how political narrative often moves faster than journalism and that journalists are caught responding to this. The most important issue here is it appears that there was a 10 year old who was assaulted. And that is the tragedy. But everything is like. Politicized mm-hmm. It's a 10 year old, the fact that they don't see her you know we always talk about like black individuals black children not being seen as children women are also not being seen as children a lot of times mm-hmm. they're seen as women she's a 10 year old child i mean what did you guys get from this story did you there's just nothing you can say right it's it's, it's disgusting i just wanted to leave the country and, and hope for an alien abduction i don't know <laughs> Just give up. Where would you go, though? There's nowhere to go. Switzerland's the only place, I think. I mean, don't forget, I got my Norwegian pass. My husband's Norwegian. So at any moment, I threaten to leave. I'm constantly <laughs> like, nah, I think we should leave. <laughs> like, I don't know. We need your we need your vote. I can vote remotely. I, I, so I voted in Norway for the last election. I'm voting. I didn't know you could do oh, Absentee yeah. ballots. You could always yeah. do the absentee ballots. Yeah. Yeah, I always vote. Mm-hmm. But... I don't know. I'm just losing faith in people. It's really depressing. People, this country doesn't give a shit about children. I'll just say it. 
Point blank. No. We don't give a shit about children. We didn't give a shit about children with the mask mandate where children are getting gunned down in their elementary schools. When they go to school, they feel like they're safe and they're not safe in their schools. This is just another example of children being violated, being exploited, not and, and not being safe. We don't care about children. We don't care about anyone. We don't care about each other. We're mm-hmm. disgusting. We're horrible. We should just be gone. But like most of the population it actually is when you see the statistics, more people are for pro-choice than what is actually come. It's a small amount of people controlling what is going on right now. That's really the problem. I mean, if they pack the court like they need to do, then we can make this fair or right. Because uh, it's not really fair right now. Now, a gunman opens fire. at This is not in every newspaper. I just Me saw too. this on... on uh, Craig Robinson's Instagram and it's and I hate to say it, but this was coming and no one was I'm like, is security expensive? Like, what is up with the comedy clubs not understanding? I mean, I'm not saying they didn't do this. I don't know what they obviously they moved him. But just so you know, the story is a gunfire outside of North Carolina comedy club where comedian Craig Robinson was set to perform Saturday night, sent the comedian and the audience scrambling. The gunman entered the comedy zone in Charlotte just after 9 p.m. and had a gun demanding that everyone leave the club. And that caused the audience, including Robinson, to head to a next door venue for safety. They were like, okay. His performance was canceled and the gunman later randomly shot outside the club. No injuries were reported and the gunman was arrested. There's a lot about this story that they need to go further on, like how he was able to get into the comedy club, how he was able to then get back out and randomly shoot in the air, like how much time passed between those that moment and was there enough adequate security? Like he you know? was randomly shooting at just people, at, at trying to hit people or, in, you know what I mean? Yeah, there's a lot of like, well, yeah, we, we don't, don't there's yeah. still a lot of details, but I would say that I, I'm going to ask the comics here and also Autumn, you know, like, how do you feel now? Like just in your space going outside, we're back outside and it's like, I don't want to go. I'm scared. I'm, it feels like every, there's nothing's like the other day I was out in the park and I haven't even told my husband this. And we were out and um, it was a guy who rode past us on a motorcycle and he had on black gloves and he just waved. But the first thing that went through my head was he has a gun because he just dressed like a biker and he was a white guy. And I don't know, you know, and we just had a shooting. We had like three this weekend, right? That I know of. So I just watched the news about something and it was like a mass shooting. And then I saw that and that's the first thing that comes to my head. And that's when I realized like, okay, this is really affecting my psyche. Like I'm feeling scared to do normal shit and I'm, I'm thinking things that are terrible. I don't, I don't know. I don't feel, I don't feel good here. Like when I was in Norway, I got to feel like a level of freedom and safety that I've never experienced in my life. Mm. You know, as a woman, as a woman of color, like I could walk outside at 11 o'clock at night, midnight, two in the morning, nothing happens. Mm. Nobody's, nobody has a gun. Nobody's chasing you. Nobody wants to, you know, I don't feel like people want to rape me. Like, <laughs> do you think Norway has a different mental health issue too? Do they take care of mental health? They there? do. They really do. There's, there's a, we're deeply flawed here with mental health. I just want to say, um, Autumn, that we have collective PTSD. Like you said, every time we look on Twitter, there's some sort of chaos happening. There's another shooting. So we're all going through that collectively. But also the, this, this country is so flawed when it comes to mental health. It's like a 
revolving door situation. I don't think that people are kept long enough or observed long enough to get the help that they need, you know. And then, of course, there's that whole uh, gun regulation where somebody who's unhinged can have access to a gun just like that. You know, so I think we have to deal with um, really uh, working on our mental health system here in this country. Which is I'm believing that that people are not okay. I think that's the thing that is um, everyone seems to want to like sweep the pandemic under the rug um and be like oh we're back out it's like we got before we just start being like rah 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 we're back out we got to deal with a lot we do first i definitely do think that i'm i'm in montreal right now um and i've been here for a week performing at jfl and this theater is huge beautiful but huge but every night I look out into the audience and I'm like something could go terribly wrong like it doesn't sit with me for a long time but it there's definitely like one second where I acknowledge the possibility of the irresponsibility of an outing Mm -hmm. and by that I don't think that people should stop going out because People are shooting up schools and church. You know what I'm saying? Like this is not a this is not a rational state. But I do think that we can take heed and act accordingly. Meaning, like, yeah, put metal detectors at every. There's a reason why they they have metal detectors at basketball games. Mm-hmm. At you know what I'm saying? At stadiums and things like that. Like now, put them, put them, put them at com- put in them comedy in small comedy venues. Theaters. You're put right. Them- Exactly. Yeah. I was going to yeah, say that. Do that. Yeah. It's it's not it's nothing to walk through. The the only the only reason why we don't like metal detectors is because at one point it was used as a sign to separate to to make a certain ethnic mm-hmm. group or ethnic groups seem, you know, like policed, right? But at this point, if it's if it's everywhere, that's equal. Mm-hmm. That's equal. Put it Put it everywhere. We travel on planes. So we're used to walking through metal detectors. This ain't new for nobody, not even the richest person. Mm-hmm. Do you get what absolutely. I'm saying? Like, put your, it's so easy to put in it is. a yeah, metal so detector. You're absolutely, absolutely right. Easy. That's why I'm like, what are, what are we not seeing? Like, I, I really think that the artists at some point before it's it's a story that we're all going to be sad about, the artists need to stand up and go, we need to be protected. <coughs> for our performance we're saying stand-up comedians are saying things that are that are triggering that's what Mm -hmm. we do punchlines are triggering right that's the whole point of a joke you know you laugh your laughter is an involuntary like it's like an orgasm if if you're able to have an (laughs) orgasm that is right um (laughs) yeah thanks for that sweetie i don't know (laughs) but i'm just saying like you know it's like it's a response it's like a cough it's like a sneeze you know and sometimes we're jolting people into emotion that they don't you know that's why everyone's responding now everyone has something to say everyone's got a oh my god but it's it's unhoused it's 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 like a trigger like you said you know but even in craig's case the comedy show hadn't even begun. So that is an intentional 
You know what I'm saying? That th- there's a little bit for me. That was a hard story for me. To, I, first of all, I don't think we would have ever heard about it if Craig didn't actually post it on I, his. Very good point. Because also too, it's just like it's in North Carolina. There were no, there were no victims. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like I don't. Yes. I just don't think even if it was reported there or talked about, I don't think that it's something that would have made its way if he wasn't a celebrity and posted it himself. Mm-hmm. But there's also so little information. Right. You know, like he told everybody to leave. So this is before the show started, Mm -hmm. right? He told everybody to leave and then he just like randomly busts shots, what, up in the air? Yeah, exactly. Like there's so Mm -hmm. much information missing and not that not that when you can, not that when you know all the information or make sense of things that make something tragic less tragic. It doesn't. But I mean, like, talk about no context mm-hmm. in this particular story. You know, that that's just a little bit frustrating for me. Yeah, yeah. there was nothing. There was there was such little it, information. It was frustrating yeah. for me. Yeah. But I, I I was I wanted to put it up on here so that people mm-hmm. know because it there needs to be more information. It needs to be in the news. I mean, I, I found another story of I think it was I forget where it was where there was a shooting and three people. It's just like every every day now. Yep. It, it's like saying every said, though, so much of this doesn't even make mainstream. There are countless instances like this where people are like, it, it's on the, the, there isn't a shooting, but there's almost a shooting. And these things actually never forge their way into the news at all. So, or, or there was a shooting and there wasn't that many, there weren't that many casualties, you know, and it doesn't make the news. So this is like something that's become uh, very problematic in our society. So, I agree. We should just have like, a, and there's like a wand. You can actually just have a wand and wave it over people and detect metal on the way in. Your security could actually do I that. Don't, I don't understand why yeah. they don't. I, does it, that's why I keep going. Is it that expensive? No. What are they, what, are, what is the problem? Do they think that their customers are not going to come because their freedom or something is? Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. I like the I mask. Think that's a part, I think that's a part of it. Yeah, people don't like to be policed, especially people who or or they don't like boundaries. Rather, that's what I should say. Especially if they haven't had any ever before. I think that. I mean, it's. I, I think part of it is just like. I think that's just one part of it. The other part of it may just be like um, ignorance. Mm-hmm. You know, and like just like like naivety, you know, just like yeah. well, my family doesn't have any boundaries, so they are blanketed under that. But uh, I think that people also don't like uh, being in their brain, their feeble minded brains they are being violated. You know what I mean? Like you're coming in like or they're being offended. They're finding this act an offense, but it's not. It's just everybody's going to be subjected to the same protocol. We need to start doing it because people are going to parades. Like you said, sweetie, we're, go- we're they're going to church. Churches, we're going in the safest of safe spots and getting shot at. So I think, uh, yeah, I mean, I wasn't at the dance, you know, in Chicago at the outdoor mm-hmm. music festival in Chicago, 40,000 house heads dancing every year, except for during the pandemic. I missed it. But never, not once has there been any violence and it's all. It's a black music festival. 40,000 never gets in the news, by the way, in Chicago, that 40,000 black individuals could have a good time without gun violence, never is part of the news. And then look what happened in Highland Park, which is a suburb. It's a it's a 
predominantly it's a very wealthy suburb. You have the shooting. And I keep saying this on every episode. It's in your best interest to care about stories everywhere because it will come to your door. Um, I think it's important also to mention right now, this 13-year-old activist delivered a, oh, a message God. that I saw on Questlove's Instagram. I wouldn't have seen it. She gave a speech during a local city commission meeting in Grand Rapids, Michigan, that just had to have made her parents' hearts swell with pride. I feel like we can get out on this positive young activist energy. Oh, Following the deadly police shooting of Patrick Loyola, during a traffic stop in April. Now her name, I'm gonna have a hard time saying it. So if you guys can correct, say now you could correct me because you're here if you want to. It, I it may says not know here, how to say it. It's N-A-I-A-R-A. Nayara. Nayara. Taminga called city commissioners accomplices to murder during a meeting on May 17th. And civil rights attorney Ben Crump, who is representing the family of Leoyas, I'm so sorry if I'm messing this up, and has been a fierce advocate for the public release of video in the shooting. And her speech, she said, you know, we had someone come up here and talk and don't teach our children to disobey those who are protecting us. I don't see them protecting me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, I saw her fierce energy, her young energy, and I was proud. Oh. And she was smart. Oh, my. And she's I mean, she I, I my mouth was on the floor. My heart just just exploded. I this little girl from the mouths of babes. This little girl is saying, you know what? You're complicit. I just loved her, just the way she was saying it, where she was coming from and how she just was saying, look, if you're going to stand by idly and not do anything, when, when these cops are killing black men and women with impunity, you are complicit to murder, point blank. Mm -hmm. It was just mm -hmm. so powerful. I, I don't even know how, how else to say it. I So powerful. Yeah, I think that she is just like a mic drop. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a mic drop. And it's like if you watch a video, I would say either Nayara or Nayara. But I think that if when you watch a video like that, if ever you are like of a older generation than her, one or two, doesn't matter how much and you say these young kids, they don't. And it's like, oh, no, 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 they'll be they'll be just fine in the way that we were just. You know what I'm saying? Like, they, yes, they have their young activists. And they'll be fine. And she was enraged. Mm -hmm. She was enraged. And even watching it, I was having a hard time because not 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 in a bad way, but I knew how enraged she was about how important it was for her to get out the message and to watch like the fight that even her vessel was having, you know, and then to see still you see they face and they still looking like a deer caught in headlights. You know, so I just I just, um, you know, like was very proud to to watch that. And it was all true. It was all true. It is. I work a lot with young people and in music and stuff. And honestly, it's what keeps me going, because there really is hope when you talk to them. They're a lot smarter than some of these adults making these laws. They're a lot more tapped in. They are. I spoke this weekend for a tea party for a bunch of um, 12 and 13 year old girls uh, from the inner city of LA. And they were so on it. Like 
they were so smart and just like quick and people overlook the intelligence and um, the capabilities of the young people. But I just, I just really, you know, have to be hopeful for them that they're, they're the, they're only hope. They're the only future or we're completely doomed. And we need those little activists to inspire other young people. But you know what it is about children? They say they, they're lucid in their thinking. They, they come from a place of clarity. As adults, sometimes people make excuses. They try to, you know, they, they, they everything becomes very nebulous because you're trying to constantly. But kids, this little girl came from a place of lucidity and she, she was so clear on what she was saying. And I think one of the things that really broke my heart was that the fact that she said, I don't trust you. I trust the people behind me. Oh my God. When she said that, I don't trust you. I trust these people behind me. And when the kids were clapping, she was like, don't tell them to quiet down. Okay. It's almost like they missed the message again. You know, it's crazy. Just so powerful. Mm -hmm. I believe that children are the future, which I remember getting into with someone who's like, yeah, children are the future. They were like, I don't get the song. I go, I get the song because some people don't believe in children. That's the point of the song is like you have to remind people that children are all of our future. I really (laughs) appreciate it. All of you for being here today. This was a really This was a great episode that is going to be shared by so many. I'll start with you, Irene, because I know you have a workout session coming, right? In the next five minutes, you're going to be lifting weights and lifting legs. I just want to say that I love you, ladies, so much. This has been so great. Your brains, your hearts, your souls. I have nothing but love. And I feel so inspired after this podcast. And Dan's going to pay for it in his workout. (laughs) I just want to say that. Yes, you can find me at uh, at IreneBremis13 on Twitter at Irene Bremis on Instagram and I again I love you ladies so much thank you so much for having me on sweetie I love you friends like us we show up for each other we show up for others oh that was Autumn. Um, hi, you can catch me on uh, Twitter, Autumn Row Music, or Instagram, Autumn Row, or AutumnRow.com. And with friends like us, you can make sure we will help you have a safe abortion if you need one. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Zainab. Uh, thanks for having me, Marina, as always. And it was lovely talking with you both, Irene and Autumn. Um, oh, and of course you, Marina. <laughs> um, on Instagram and Twitter, it's Zainab Johnson, Z-A-I-N-A-B Johnson. On TikTok, it's the Zainab Johnson, T-H-E, Zainab Johnson. And um, check my website because I have a lot of show dates coming up, live show dates, and oh, which is Zainab Johnson is my website. Um, and with friends like us, even if by chance we're not saying your name correctly, when you're doing what's right and what's necessary, we'll celebrate you. Hey, that's right, because I do that. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. And uh, yes, yes, you all were amazing oh. today. Marina Franklin here. Just go to my website, marinafranklin.com. And with friends like us, we believe that children are the future because they are smart, brave, strong. And you know what? They're better than a lot of us. Check, check us out. Check us out. <laughs> yeah.